1: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast, presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our great web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first time deposit at points bet i'm jay zawoski with me here in our scorching hot west loop studios is greg boyson mario terabasi still in the quarantine chambers it's a big show for us today we've got the ice hogs and wolves beginning their five game series thursday night in rosemont so we're going to talk to billy gardner and joseph suchefsky from the ice hogs let's get right to it billy gardner one of my broadcast heroes, I've never gotten to speak to Billy Garner before, but was the voice of my developing Hawks fandom as a kid, him and Pat Foley together, and been with the Wolves forever. Billy, thanks so much for joining us on. I know it's uh, probably a busy day for you. We appreciate it.
2: Uh, thank you, Jay. I was just at practice, so, yeah, just talking with the coaches, etc., cetera, and uh, having a great time, and thank you uh, for the compliments. And thank you for not uh, playing. Gardner gives it away. The Pat Foley <laughs> Bannerman save
3: yeah well billy it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun these next few days that's for sure wolves ice hogs it's a big rivalry between the teams it's a big rivalry between the fans uh the ice hogs thanks well we'll say thanks to a few shootouts they kind of had your number this season uh for whatever reason they were the one team that had sustained sustained success against the wolves who finished with the ahl's best record. You guys have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. So does that regular season meeting. Is that kind of, is that a little something for concern heading into this first game or is it just, Hey, series is zero, zero, let's go play hockey. Well, I think there's two ways to look at
2: that. Obviously Rockford's gotta be chomping at the bit thinking, you know, they've had the upper hand against the Wolves and feel, I would say pretty comfortable uh, playing the Wolves. But uh, on the other hand, as you just mentioned, the Wolves, Uh, with the best record in the American Hockey League, uh, a team that won 25 road games and 25 home games for 50 wins, the only team over 100 points. Uh, They're pretty confident, too. Uh, I've been through it myself, and I think you uh, have to throw out what happened in the regular season, not just against each other, but uh, the whole year. It's a different story altogether. It's the time uh, where the elite come to the forefront, and. Uh, you know the wolves are pretty stacked, so it, it should be an interesting series. Uh, but as I said, I, it's a whole different ballgame now. It's it's a different feel, and it's uh, when you you when you really want to play and show how good you are. I think as an individual and as a team. Uh, even though it's golf weather, it's playoff hockey weather.
3: I was at uh, I was at practice yesterday uh, mm-hmm. and talked to head coach Ryan Wersawski and, and uh, Stefan Nason, Jack Jury. And I asked them all that. You know, you guys got, quote, rewarded for being in first place, uh, (laughs) and uh, you got a few days off. Yes, it's nice to heal up from a hectic finish to the season, but 12 days in between your final regular season game and your first postseason game, how important is that first period going to be tomorrow night?
2: I I, I was watching a little bit of the Utica, uh, and last night they played Rochester, and obviously Rochester had to get into the, uh, next round to play Utica. Utica at one point was the best team in the American Hockey League and they struggled in the first period and were down 2 0. But in the second period, they uh, came out with 20 shots and uh, I think only surrendered three or four uh, and turned their game around and eventually won 6 to 3. So, you know, that could definitely happen tomorrow with uh, 12 days off. It's not much of a benefit, is it, uh, to finish first and get this layoff? I just don't understand the American Hockey League on what they implemented initially, having extra teams make the playoffs. A lot of those teams didn't even get a home game, so it really meant nothing to them. Uh, but it gives those first place teams, maybe if they have a lot of injuries, it's it's been good, but it's far too long. I mean, there's probably no other sport, not even in the National Accolade, that teams have to wait that long to play a series. It just doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Well, especially in a five game series, you know, if it's seven, the team has some time to wake up. Right, The team that's been off for a while has a game or two where it can shake off the rust. But if you have a tough first one or two games, you've pretty much got to win out. And that puts teams with a lot of rest in kind of a bad spot. And I, I think if I was a player, I'd probably prefer to just get right to it. And Billy, when, when you were a player, obviously you went through playoffs and things like that. I, I think you'd have to be sort of chomping at the bit to drop the puck. And then anxiety builds up and, and the waiting has to be really difficult.
2: I think what people forget back in my era is when we played a seven-round series, or seven-game uh, series, uh, the first four games were back-to-back, travel, back-to-back. That's how it was. No days off in between, none of the luxury of doing nothing on that day off in between but uh, relaxing and maybe feeling a little bit better for the, the next game. But that's the way it was, and that's the way it should have been, and that's how much fun it was, I think, uh, just playing the game. Uh, but with this layoff, as you mentioned, it's not a benefit to these teams that have had this amount of time away from the rink. And, and ironically, uh, here here in our division, at least, Milwaukee and Manitoba, two really good teams, they could be done tonight, waiting for the winner of Rockford and the Wolves. Uh, again, the first round series, three out of five. Uh, Milwaukee has the upper hand, two nothing, going back to Winnipeg and. If uh, Milwaukee wins tonight, they're going to have to wait probably themselves ten days to play, you know, somewhere in that area to play the next round. It just doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, okay. I remember. Oh, I remember thinking about that when I saw the 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 Ice Hogs and the Stars starting their series in, in, in the playing round, and then Milwaukee and, and Manitoba were also playing. I was just like, well, wait, that <laughs> they're they're a round ahead. They're getting ahead of themselves. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be odd to see how the uh, how the layoffs affects, affect affects some of the teams. You know this this Wolves team is is a special breed, consistently successful in the AHL. You know, consistently at at the top of the Central Division, which is always a difficult division. Um, You know the the longs the long term success of the Wolves and the Ice Hogs have kind of they've they've been on you know kind of opposite sides with the Ice Hogs trying to kind of get back into that that level. But when these two teams play, it's always it's always a, a great game. The the rivalry is very intense. And the last time the, that these teams played in the postseason was in, in 2018. And it was similar situations with the, the Wolves being one of the top seeds in the league. Uh, and then the Ice Hogs ended up kind of surprising everyone and, and, and winning that series. So does that kind of stick? I, I know it's not, the, not some of the, the same guys, but as sure. far as you know, the franchises go, does that kind of stick in with the, with the Wolves and kind of say, hey, like the last time we saw these guys, it, it didn't go our way like we thought. And it's a similar situation now.
2: Well, the beauty of this league is yesteryear was another year with different players. And, you know, I don't think any of the players would probably even know that unless they read it somewhere. Uh, but that was a heck of a series. And I think there was a triple overtime maybe game in there, in there too. But uh, the one thing about Rockford, I will say this about them, over the, the time, uh, they've had some struggling years where they haven't made the playoffs. And the Wolves, I think, have won five division titles in the last seven years. But they've always played well against the Wolves. They, they, they get up for those games. It doesn't matter if they're in last place or in first place, the games are very good and very competitive and and they could go either way. So uh, having said that, I don't think it's similar to what I was saying earlier where uh, it doesn't matter. It's a new season. It's uh, guys are chomping at the bit to play. And, you know, speaking with some of the guys today, they're excited. They're pumped. It was was tough maybe the first five, seven days, but now that they're in the mode, knowing that they're going to play Rockford, knowing that they're going to start tomorrow, uh, they're definitely on a different uh, echelon. They've moved up, they stepped up, The practices have been brisk, uh, and they're excited about playing.
1: When you look at the underlying numbers of this series, uh, just looking at the regular season, despite the record in favor of the Ice Hogs, the Wolves had every other advantage in shots on goal, shots allowed, all those sort of things. And I wonder, and maybe this is something that fans and media make too much of, but when you've got two rival teams going at it, and especially playing as often as they do in the American Hockey League, is it one of those situations when a playoff series starts where really none of the underlying stuff matters because these two teams have such a hatred, such a disdain for each other, that it's almost different from if it was Texas or Utica, whoever, just a random team. Because it's Chicago, because it's Rockford, is it sort of tough to put a finger on how this series is going to go?
2: Well, I agree with it. I think it's the beauty of having this rivalry that has developed uh, in, in somewhat of a short time. It's not been around that long, but I uh, uh, absolutely agree with you there. The numbers do not mean anything. And the, and the beauty of playoffs, and I believe in any sport, but more in hockey. And I could say that, uh, you know, Andrew Potterossi won the scoring title. Stefan Nason won the goal scoring title. Uh, Alex Lyon won the best goals against average. But this has now become not an individual situation. It's a team situation. You play in the playoffs as a team. You win as a team. Everything's team oriented at this time of the year. And that's the beauty of hockey. It's totally different. You know, I think maybe say baseball, you're looking at pitcher or a batter, uh, but hockey, you need everybody. The fourth line is just as dependable and called upon as the first line. And that's the beauty, again, of maybe having home ice advantage when you might slide you know, your top line against the fourth line, depending on on what takes place, whether it's maybe an icing and they're tired. So uh, yeah, I, I agree the numbers, you throw them out the window and and it is all about team. Uh, you know, all the great awards that the Wolves have won individually, that's in the past.
3: Billy, you got to see all 12 of these regular season matchups. That's a, that's a lot of games. Huh? Uh, but if there's one thing that the Wolves Want to carry over from the regular season series to this postseason in order to advance out of this series? What's the one thing that they need to make sure they bring starting Thursday night?
2: Well, I think getting out of the gate early. Uh, they're a team that can and usually does jump on teams, and they had the majority. I think they were first in first goals uh, scored in a game. The Wolves, uh, out of all the teams in the American Hockey League, and when they do that, they're they're a tough team, uh, I think, to beat because once they get going, if they can get a couple of goals and Uh, just keep it rolling. I think that's what they would want to do. And uh, the one thing, you know, you talked about shots and a lot of those games, they doubled up in the shots and they felt in those games, even though they might've lost a few of those, they probably outplayed Rockford. They just found a goaltender that was standing on his head at the time, whether it was Soderbloom or Delia, whoever was in the net at the time. And they got solid goaltending. And that is a huge part of playoffs. If you have a goalie that's standing on his head, uh, you got a good shot to win hockey games. and. That's probably the biggest difference, I think, in playoffs. It depends on, you know, who is sharp in net for you. And uh, we're seeing that in Milwaukee. They won their first two games. They got outshot terribly, and they had Cooley in net. Their goalie, Ingram, was playing in Nashville. So it it just depends on, I think, who's hot in net. And uh, it could come down to that in any any team in in, in, in any league in the game of hockey uh, because it is all about goaltending, I think. And, uh, I mean, both teams got great goaltending. Bloom has been
3: terrific. And on the flip side of that, what's the one thing from that 12-game regular season series that the Wolves need to leave in the regular season and not carry over to the postseason in order <laughs> to have success?
2: I think just being ready to play. Uh, you know, uh, you have situations, I think, as a team, when you're winning, it becomes uh, uh, maybe too simple at times, and you get a little lazy and uh, mentally not you know, quite as prepared as you probably should be. Uh, the physical part, you're always going to have it, but uh, being sharp and ready to go, and having every line uh, participate, and and not give you know give them the opportunity. They're they're a great team at home. They come at you quick. They've got some excellent speed. They've got great individuals, young guys that uh, are uh, playing well. And you know, I think the one benefit for Rockford uh, is some of their young guys already have two games under their belt. Uh, we have a couple of young guys that have not played the American Hockey League in a playoff situation, and. Uh, it's a step up. There's a big difference, uh, the intensity level and uh, just the game itself. Uh, and you've got to be ready. And as a young guy, you might sit there and go, wow, this is un- unbelievable. So Rockford's already got a couple of games, you know, as I mentioned, under the belt. And those uh, younger guys have got a feel for it already.
0: You know, you mentioned some of the, the younger guys and, and the ice hogs. That's kind of been the story for them is, is how their first and second year players have kind of carried the team. But for the Wolves, it's been a lot of a lot of veteran leadership, but one of those uh, young players that has been really impressive this season is, is, is Jack Drury. And he's one of those guys is going to get, you know, that first taste of a professional playoff hockey. How's he, you know, what's he been like this, this year as, as a first year player, you know, 52 points this season, really impressive as a, as a rookie.
2: No, he really he's a terrific player. He comes from a great pedigree. His dad played in the National Hockey League. His uncle was with the New York Rangers uh, uh, and he just understands the game. You know, when you grow up with parents, uh, that have played the game at a father's uh, uh, I think he learned so much just by talking to them. and uh, being that young he didn't really get to see them play as much as maybe some would uh, throughout their career uh, as a youngster but he's a local guy he grew up in this area uh, and the one thing I think uh, and I even forgot about it he played in Sweden last year obviously last year with the pandemic and he won a championship in the elite league so he's been under some stress and some pressure in some big games uh and that's uh you know going to help him out for sure in this uh playoff uh rounds and championships because he's had that taste and and he's won so you need that uh, i think the the more you have uh of winners it certainly helps it rubs off uh, you're able to talk to other guys that may be a little bit nervous because you've been through that so i look uh for a lot from uh, jack because he's a special player he's a terrific player he does something well in every area of the game, so he'll be called upon a lot to play out well. well. Uh, and it's neat to have, we've got a few local products, so it's really neat to have some Chicago blood uh, in this team.
1: Billy, one guy I want to ask you about, since you did see all 12 games between the two teams, you know, we talked to people who are affiliated with the Blackhawks or the Rockford Icehawks, they're going to sing the praises of Lucas Reichel. You, from the enemy point of view, I'd like to know, what you saw from Reichel in the games he played against the Wolves and, and what you see from him uh, in his NHL career going yeah. forward. He, he definitely
2: is a great player. He's uh, quick, he's smart, he's excellent with the puck. And, uh, you know, anytime uh, that I recall, and, and even through my broadcast years now, watching players that have maybe come down to the minor league team, you still stay at that upper echelon area uh, of the game. So he's come down after playing quite a bit with the Hawks and he's still, you know, a little bit ahead of everybody. And the key is, can you keep that up, can you, not, not to sag down? And uh, he's a special player, but he's only one guy. And that's the beauty, again, of the playoffs. You need everybody to play, but they have some great individuals. Uh, you know, it's funny, you read a little bit sometimes on the Blackhawks and uh, there's not a lot of positivity with their farm system and the players that they have. Uh, they don't feel like they have a lot of guys that can make it, to, but they've got some young guys that are pretty good. And, you know, maybe they'll be American Hockey League players, but uh, they certainly are credible players in the American Hockey League and can play well. So that that's, uh, you know, something to look at. Lucas is a guy you got to pay attention to. You have to know he's on the ice, and obviously you want other players uh, to have the puck and not him when he is on the ice.
3: Sticking with the, uh, the Blackhawks theme here, um... You guys got a late-season addition, a former Blackhawk, Richard Ponick. Uh, he was on loan, I believe. Bridgeport, was it? So he's got seven points in 11 games for you guys. But, you know, in the American League, you got it's a developmental league, but if you want to have playoff success, you want long runs, you got to have those veteran guys, too, the guys that have been through the wars. He's a veteran over 500 NHL games. He's like the prototypical Chicago Wolves addition. Those are the guys they love to bring in to win because – they're they're the American League team that wants to win every year yeah sure we'll get you your prospects up to the NHL but you know we like we like playing at the all-state arena in late May and early June too so what's a guy like Pannick who's got so much NHL experience been able to bring to this locker room and help these young guys down that final stretch
2: well before I just talk on him I, I think you have to look at the organizations and where they're at you know, chicago's a team that didn't make the playoffs and you know, they're looking to build. The Carolina Hurricanes on the other hand are a team that can win the Stanley Cup. Having said that, you, you only have so many guys you might need to pull up uh, from your minor league system. And I've always said that, uh, you know, they talk about minor league teams, they're all good players. When I played the National Hockey League, I think these teams today could beat our teams of that, you know, time because they're that good. The athlete, They're athletes, they're, they're terrific players and, uh, you know, having a, an older team sometimes is what you need. As a Carolina Hurricanes team, you need a guy to step in, maybe in a spot to complement what you already have. So it's just the, the difference of the systems and what where your team, I think, uh, is at in the National Hockey League. And the Wolves have been competitive that way for quite some time because they've been pretty lucky with the teams they've had, have uh, been competitive teams. But uh, Richard Panic is certainly, you know, he's a quiet guy, but he's he's a magician with a puck uh, if he wants to be that way. Um, on the ice you watch him just dangling around he's tremendous and you mentioned the number of games he's played he's been through a lot and uh, he's a good addition because he he's a guy that you can go to and, and ask uh, questions and talk to him about different situations, especially for the position he plays in if I'm a winger uh, and I'm a young guy I gotta look at him and ask him uh, you know what do I do in this uh, situation I'm up against this guy, how can I play him so uh, when you add uh, a veteran like that it's only going to help
3: well, we're talking about the veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got a lot of veteran leadership. Guy like Andrew Polarowski, 101 points. Stefan Nason, uh, f- over 40 goals this season. Josh Levo, he's been a lot of experience. Sure. But you know, as most of the people going to watch this, listen to this podcast are, are Blackhawks fans, so probably not paying a ton of attention to the Carolina Hurricanes pipeline. Who's some of these younger dynamic players that are going to make a? F- impact on this series we already mentioned jack jury who's some of these other uh young guys that that are going to be effective this this go around well, you gotta remember jack went up
2: played a couple of games and scored in, in uh, two of them too and was first star a uh, pretty uh, nice debut for him in carolina and uh i think they have a lot of guys And the beauty of having a good organization from uh the standpoint of the nhl team and the depth of the franchise of the chicago wolves is uh you can have those guys develop and stay a little bit longer and and learn the game uh, the coaching staff is tremendous with them and you know I Jesper Selgren is a swedish young kid that uh, has played in sweden the last couple of years but he came from sweden to the and the, at the time charlotte to play just in the playoffs with the team he wins a championship and he goes back home for two years and plays in the elite league just to develop, and now he's been here all year long. So uh, I think all that put together shows, you know, the, the time frame they can let a guy uh, develop and, and uh, go through maybe some of the uh, things that you need to as a professional to learn the game. And I really like his play. I think he stepped up. I mean, there's so many uh, guys that uh, again, as you mentioned, that probably people don't know that could step into the National Hockey League, and, and uh, you know, you wouldn't miss a beat uh, from so. Um, you know, Jack Jerry certainly is the name uh, that you would think of first and foremost. Uh, he's a centerman and uh, I think that's the most important position where you start a, a team from other than goaltending. Uh, but I mean, there's so many guys, uh, Panamarov came uh, from junior, and is now on the team as a centerman and played really well, a point, a game, I think over 12 games, and Gundler, another Swede that came uh, over and is playing and is going to be in the lineup. Uh, just you know, terrific youngsters that are getting their first taste uh, and they're going to be in playoff action here. So uh, the list can go on for, you know, and I'm a firm believer, you never know. A guy could be 27, to eight, 27 28 years old and never had a really a shot, but he's starting to develop and play better. And uh, who knows, he, he can still play in the National Hockey League. So I don't think there's a, a set line of a number of age where, yeah, you're a young guy and you got to develop over three years. I think that can go on as long as someone gives you that chance.
1: we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you you know pat foley had his last year with the hawks uh this year a really nice ceremony at the end uh what are some of your memories of working with pat
2: well it's very disappointing you got some great stories Yeah, (laughs) it's disappointing that he's gone it's hard to believe that he would leave after 39 years but that's another story uh but pat was uh you know back in my day pat was young too and we we would golf he was like a player. He he was with us all the time. We go for dinner. We in the summers we golf five days a week, and uh, just a great guy. And uh, you know his as he as he got older, his game never changed. He's always been at the top. Uh, I I firmly believe, and you know he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. And to me, you know there's the greatest announcer and the most fun to listen to was Harry Carey, just because of the way he was. And I I put Pat in that same area. I mean Pat Foley walking down the street, everybody knows who he is. And for Chicago, uh, he's just an icon. And uh, I mean, the, again, that's, it's a, we could talk about stories till uh, tomorrow, uh, just fun stuff. Uh, but it's hard to believe that he's gonna be uh, not doing games. Quite honestly, it's a shock.
1: It's gonna be very strange to hear have Blackhawks hockey without Pat Foley, uh, yeah. that's for sure. All right, before we let you go, Billy, how about a series prediction? <laughs>
2: Well, I gotta go with the wolves, but uh, it'll be good. And as you mentioned, three to five series, you, you really can't have a blunder in there. You don't want to get after a bad start. And if I'm Rockford, uh, as we already talked about, uh, they've had a, a couple of games and they played very well and feel good about themselves. They they like their opponent, so they're going to come out. But I think the wolves too uh, are ready for this, and they, you know, they read, they know all this uh, situation about the time off and uh, et cetera. And, the one thing is, with good leadership, when you have older guys, 12 days off should not mean a lot because if they want to win, they are the keys to get guys rolling again and get them back on track. And uh, that's the beauty of some of the guys we've mentioned uh, that are leaders.
1: All right, Billy, you've been so generous with your time. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck on the call. Good luck in the series. It's going to be an awesome one. And we know all of Land is going to be tuned in. So be on your A-game. As awesome. you always are. Thank you. All right. Enjoy the
2: heat, boys. Yeah.
3: We'll We're... see you on the chow line tomorrow night, buddy. <laughs> Sounds
2: good. All right. Thank Billy you.
1: Garner. That was cool. That was very cool for me. Try to keep it together, try to not be too starstruck. <laughs> but, man, just like with Foley and, and Dale Talon, who are on our desk here, um, Billy Garner was a huge part of my Blackhawks fandom. So being able to talk to him was very, very cool for me. And uh, I enjoyed that. I hope you guys did too. And if you are enjoying CHGO, the best way to keep supporting us is to download that points bet app. When you do, make sure you use that code CHGO. If you do that, you're going to get two grand in free bets risk free. Two risk free bets up to two grand, to be more clear. Uh, but that's not all. You make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our awesome web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. And If you have any questions on that, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect Live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during a game, and if you want more, you can always boost your live same game parlays, watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And remember, online sign-up is available now in Illinois. So you can get out your phone right now, download that PointsBet app, and sign up from start to finish using that code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your boi- li- Live your bet life with PointsBet. Nailed it. Really great today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
3: Yeah, and uh, I know the last thing we wanna think about sitting here right now is hot coffee, but uh, if you wanna start your day with that competitive edge, you're gonna wanna try some Strava CBD craft coffee, because it is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life, including all of us here at CHGO. We're enjoying it. It delivers delicious fresh roasted coffee, especially Specialty coffee, sorry, infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it can offer you some real benefits like feeling alert and focused without the jitters, living your life more balanced with far less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, putting CBD into your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful night's sleep so you wake up feeling your best and ready to go. Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, shipped straight to your door. So not only do you get the benefits of the CBD, but you get really damn good coffee. It's delicious coffee. Um, So you get all the effects and a great cup of coffees and then make it even better. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase by just typing in the promo code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout. And if you already love Strava, which you should, you can subscribe and save by joining the Strava Coffee Club. With the the Strava Coffee Club, you're in control. You can tell them exactly what you want, when you want it, and where to ship it, and they take care of it for you. So check them out over at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Put it on ice. Lots of ice. (laughs) All right, here we go. Of ice.
1: it is time for the ice hogs portion of the show and we are proud to introduce our buddy follow him on Twitter at Joey Z radio Joey zashevski
0: Did nailed I get it. it nailed it got it
4: that Not is so
3: <laughs> he's been I he's been it is so in my week. head Joe it's all so week. in my head
4: I know it's been and I appreciate you reaching out the other day after we got together but no man I, I it happened you can see why it became Joey Z so quick. And that's why it, I might, if I put my full last name in my Twitter handle, nobody would find me. So it's all
1: good. It's just, you know, as a as a Polish guy, I get it myself. And I get frustrated when it happens to me. And I was like, all right, I got to say it right. I practice and practice and practice. And I bring you on and I'm like, Joseph, just completely butchered it. So, yes, I did DM uh, Joey an apology and say, I will get it right next time. But I'm not saying it again today. That's it. <laughs> Joey Z Radio. No, What's up, man? How are you? are you? Are you fired up? Good
2: to see you
4: guys. Thanks for having me back. No, this is fantastic. It was great to chat. Uh, chat ice dogs here ahead of that game, uh, game one against the Texas Stars. And and here we are again. Now you get the series of series uh, coming out of the, the Central Division, the Rockford Ice Dogs and, and Chicago Wolves, just a uh, little Interstate 90 rivalries. So I tell you what, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I, I think everybody in the room, everybody in the building, both organizations from the president all the way down is, is thrilled. And I mean, these two teams got together a couple of years ago in 2018, it was an absolute battle, a thrilling one at that then. And uh, I can only imagine what it's going to look like uh, starting with game one uh, this coming Thursday.
0: Yeah. One thing that, one thing that we talked about with, with, with Billy was, you know, the, the difference between the Wolves having, you know, almost a two week layoff between, you know, the end of the regular season and the start of the postseason, whereas the Ice Hogs are coming in, they've already been in two postseason games. They've already been through, you know, some battles and they they've gotten those under their under their belt. What was the you know, what was the, the, the series against Texas like? Because you know, even though they got, you know, two wins, didn't have to worry about, you know, having to play a full a full best of three series, these are some those are some tough games and, and, and the Ice Hogs were able to come out on top twice.
4: They were. And, it, and when you look at game one, I mean, for a lot of these guys going into that first game against the Texas Stars, well, it was a lot of their first playoff hockey, whether it was coming out of the college ranks, coming from overseas or coming from the junior ranks. A lot of these guys haven't experienced HL playoff hockey like that before. Just that nitty grittiness where everything is elevated to another level and you can't afford, especially in the best of three. You can't afford to take a shift off, a period off, or else you might find yourselves uh, looking at the wrong end of that series, the wrong end of the game. But a 2-1 victory in game number one, and then a 1-0 overtime win in game number two, I think that game really spelt, uh, spoke volumes to the character of this team, the hard work ethic of this team, and and just the mental and physical focus of this team. And uh, and to get that experience under their belt, and, and what it meant, and just the elation it was to, to have that experience for them. Going into now this best of five series, where there's, you know, don't want to call it that much wiggle room, but a little bit more wiggle room than a best of three. Um, is huge. And for a lot of these guys, they got some time off too, much like the Wolves. I mean, the Wolves have had much more time off since April 30th, which ironically enough, they played the Ice Hogs in their last game. And that was Rockford's last uh, regular season game as well. But uh, to have some time off now, some practice days to get refocused and reshaped, uh, there's not a lot of secrets now between these two clubs. They saw each other 12 times in the regular season. Ice Hogs did well, and each and every game was a nitty-gritty effort. So uh, you know, plenty of lessons learned, whether it's from the previous playoff series or the regular season series, and, and for the Rockford Ice Sox coming into uh, into this one. It's it's going to be a battle, and I think that's what everybody's excited for and looking forward to.
1: Had to be a giant boost of confidence to get those two wins against Texas because, like you mentioned, a three-game series, that's a lot of stress, and mm-hmm. you're looking at either an extended playoff run or going home very quickly. It, it, I think winning that series, especially in two games, had to do a lot for a, a pretty young and inexperienced Rockford uh, team in terms of playoff experience. Those wins, they, they've got to mean a ton to those guys.
4: Absolutely. And when you look at the Ice Hawk's roster in terms of who does have AHL or NHL playoff experience, it's really only three guys. Garrett Mitchell, the team captain, Ryan Stanton, the one of the veteran defensemen, and then Brett Connolly, who unfortunately wasn't able to play in that next round, and, and TBD on, on his return here moving forward in the postseason. But really that's it in terms of your playoff experience and what these guys have have to lean on in that locker. But tell you what, that's an incredible group to have. That's your veteran leadership moving forward. I mean, even a guy like Curtis Gabriel, uh, who came in from, you know, the Toronto organization picked up by the Blackhawks in a trade this year, his last playoff experience was 15-16 when he was a member of the Minnesota Wild. So even for him, he was excited almost like a rookie all over again just because he hasn't experienced the taste of true playoff hockey in quite some time. So to, so to get that underneath their belt, the expectation, it it was, it was perfect for this IceHogs bunch, this very young bunch that uh, – that uh, has a lot of skill set and a lot of skill power, you know, firepower to to offer. But at the same time too, you never know what you're going to get approaching those uh, situations and to have that two game playoff and ease into it was uh, is certainly a benefit. No, sure.
3: The wolves best record in the AHL, They set their franchise record uh, as far as high points percentage, uh, would have been a lot higher had they not played the Ice Hogs this year because you guys, you had their number, 8 3 one against them, five zero zero and one at the All-State Arena, 11 out of 12 possible points. What is it about this team that just seems to find ways to, to squeak out victories when it comes to the Wolves?
4: It's it's been an incredible team and an incredible series to watch. And I think and I and I did listen to that first segment with Billy and Billy mentioned that just even over the history of the Ice Hawks too, the rivalry is, is very prevalent there. And it seems like for a lot of this this young team, maybe at the beginning of the season, they didn't quite fully understand what it meant to play games at All State Arena and then what it meant to have the Wolves at the uh, Harris Bank Center in Rockford, but to have that exchange grow and, and continue to see success was was huge and and for the ice hogs, I think their their style their work ethic their their pace and energy is as uh, interim head coach Andrew Sorensen even mentioned today their pace and energy is what was really the biggest bugaboo for the Chicago Wolves too where they relied on guys like a Smith a Potterolski who led the league in scoring a Stefan Nason who led the uh, league in goal scoring and then they got some great goaltending too down the stretch also so for the Ice Dogs, where it's a full connected team effort, connected hockey as they like to call it, where all four lines, all three defensive pairings and the goaltender all communicating and working together as one single unit to be successful was was probably the reason why they were so successful against the Chicago Wolves. And when you look at the head-to-head series, over half of them decided by a single game, many of them needing overtime or a shootout to to be decided as well. And and for the Ice Hogs, I think, you know, coming off a back-to-back one goal, nitty-gritty games against the Texas Stars, that plays pretty well into, into what's probably to come against the Chicago Wolves.
0: You know, the last time the, the Ice Hogs were in the playoffs was 2018, and the roster was constructed a lot of, of, of veterans, kind of kind of like the Wolves are constructed now this year, where, you know, it was a, a lot of veterans leading the way. Uh, you had guys like Cody Franzen and Adam Clendenning in the league, uh, in, 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 in the lineup, and, now you look at this Ice hogs team; their their return to the postseason. It's completely flipped on its head, where you know the the veteran guys, like you mentioned, like they're not the ones necessarily leading the way when when the game gets played. It's a lot of the first and second year players uh, that are the guys leading the way here. When you look at this Ice Hawks lineup, obviously, uh, you know the, the the biggest name is is, is Lucas Reichel. Um, you know what what is what is what is his game been like so far through the first two uh, two playoff games and. You know, it, it, are, are the expectations for him to continue to lead the team or is he going to get some, some supplemental help here from uh, some of the other younger guys?
4: I think it's – I mean, it's him, and, and certainly with the impressive rookie season that he had, I mean, no question why a lot of eyes would dart to him and, and his performances, and he even scored the first goal of the postseason for the Ice Sox in game one against the Texas Stars. But, I mean, it, it was it was a team effort. I mean, the other goals came from Carson Kasevich and then Dylan McLaughlin, two guys under American Hockey League contracts that uh, that contributed for the Rockford Ice Sox too. And then when you look at the roster overall, I mean, you mix in, you know, guys with great work ethic, in addition to Reichel too. I mean, you have Michael Tepley, Andre Altbar-Machian, D.J. Buzzdecker, um, I think I mentioned Hartman, Evan Barrett. I mean, I can I can Josiah Slavin, like all these guys that have great two-way games and they're great on the attack in the offensive zone. They can put up points. They can score at will, whether, you know, five-on-five five power play, penalty kill. I saw you were pretty decent shorthanded too. Or if it's in the defensive zone and being defensively responsible. And I think for a lot of these guys, they've – They've really grown that two-way game, and Reichel's right in the middle of that too. Michael Tepley is, is in the mix of that as well, and they also lean on guys for energy too. It's a very it's going to be a very physical series against the Wolves. It became very physical against the Texas Stars, and they leaned on guys like a Dmitri who was com- converted from defenseman to forward this year. Even got some NHL preseason games with the Chicago Blackhawks. Curtis Gabriel, who we mentioned, came down in the trade with uh, with Toronto. He provided some physical presence, and you lead by example, uh, Garrett Mitchell, the captain on that same line too. They're very physical as well, forcing turnover and generating offense from that. So for for Reichel, he's got the speed. He's got the skill set, too. But I think those first couple of playoff games really helped him dial into his defensive side as well. And, uh, I mean, it's not just going to be him. That's going to be carried on for scoring. I mean, you can look up and down that roster. Oh, the so only scored three total goals in two playoff games, and it was pretty spread out where those goals came from.
1: Well, that I think that's a nice segue into Arvid Soderblom, who is uh, right now maybe the Hawks' top goalie prospect. They don't really have a ton. At the, at the moment. So he's probably number one as it stands. Short sample size, of course. But uh, in the two games against Texas, a 0.5 goals against average, a 986 save percentage, two wins, a shutout and a very nice 69 saves in the series against the Stars. Nice. He was outstanding. He is probably the MVP of that uh, short first round series against texas uh a bigger challenge here in the wolves for sure but what have you seen from S- 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 sutter arrival to now what is what has evolved in his game and how has he gone about getting better
4: incredibly mature individual for a guy that's, you know, 22, about to turn 23 uh, a little bit later on in the summer for how he composes himself and handles himself too. And, and you can see, and you can tell pretty early on what, how he's feeling and how he's dialed in. He's a goaltender. He's not very flashy. He's not going to be sprawled out, making the saves very technical, very cerebral too, thinks the game very well. And it, the Icehawks got exactly what they needed from them, especially coming out their game one victory going into game number two. You knew the Stars. How often can you say game two is an elimination game? But you knew the Stars were going to empty out everything they could, especially that initial push in the first and second periods. And Arvid was there to weather down the storm. I believe it was 16, 16 shots to three after 20 minutes of play. The Hogs were down, and it was still scoreless up on the board and it was, I mean, scoreless all the way through regulation time, in fact. So the Ice Dogs, uh you know, defensively led by their goaltender to help them out. And then once they were able to weather that storm, start to frustrate the stars who were getting scoring chances, but not able to capitalize because of his stellar play, it kind of turned the tide a little bit and the stars just started to to run out of speed, run out of gas and just uh, and ultimately just ran out of time as the Asogs kept that jump, they kept that defensive mentality to help out their goaltender. And yeah, 69 to 70 shots back to back wins. I mean, and he's no stranger to having to win games one to nothing. In fact, you look at the regular season series against the wolves, he had a one nothing shootout shutout victory against Chicago in which he's had to make, you know, saves across the board. And uh, it, it was impressive to watch. And even the backup, Kiel Morris, too, another goaltender in the Blackhawks pipeline, too. He had to come away with a rookie career-high 51 saves in the last effort against Chicago. And that was uh, in the last game of the regular season on April 30th. And the game prior to that made over 40 saves in which the Ice Hogs won that one with a last-second game-winning goal in the third period. So goaltending. Has been heavily relied upon for the Ice Hogs all season long with Arvid Soderblom and Cale Morris getting his opportunities down the stretch as well. And then that's only going to transpire here in the postseason. If the Ice Hogs want to be successful against the Podorowskis, the Nasons, the Smiths, and the high flying Chicago Wolves, sound defense led by their goaltender is going to be a massive key for this one.
3: I kind of want to circle back to three guys we talked about a, a minute ago, and that's that mm-hmm. Osipoff Mitchell Gabriel line. Um, they're going to do a lot of the things that don't necessarily show up on score sheets. They're not going to score the highlight real goals. But that was the line Andres Sorsen started game two with against Texas, and they set the tone. They were trying to put guys into the fourth row of seats, and they almost <laughs> did a couple times. Yeah. How, I'm expecting if they don't start game one, they are going to be on that ice very early in the first couple of shifts. You got a bunch of guys over on the Wolves. They don't have any playoff games yet. You got some guys that are stepping on the ice for their first taste of professional playoff hockey, and all of a sudden you get a Curtis Gabriel coming at you at 200 miles an hour. How important are those guys going to be early in that game one to set the tone and maybe cause a mistake and get you guys an early lead?
4: Incredibly important, and even catching up with with head coach Andrew Sorensen today for media availability, he mentioned that you know would you, he even he even asked the media is like, would you want to be a defenseman knowing that those guys are coming full force right behind you after they dump the puck into the corner? No, and I think that's what got into the the mindset of the Texas Stars blue line, and that's what forced a lot of turnovers, and the Ice Dogs were able to either create chances off of that or create sustained zone pressure It's just because of the way they played. And it's just such a high-energy, fun bunch to watch for Osipov, Gabriel, and Garrett Mitchell. And Mitchell was named the, the hardest hitter for the Ice songs for Team Awards not all too long ago. So not only the captain, but that award winner, you got to lead in some capacity by example in, in that regard. And, and Anders put him out there. For every moment you felt like there needed to be a, a shift in momentum, a momentum-building opportunity, it was Curtis Gabriel, Dmitry Osipov, and Garrett Mitchell going right in there, working hard in the corners, hitting people, coming in full speed. And, and it wasn't like they were looking to, to, to take any chance they got. They were great at playing hot. I mean, Gabriel in game number two probably had three, maybe four great scoring chances off the turnovers he created because of his physicality off the get-go. Dmitry Osipov, same thing. He looks incredibly comfortable converting again from defense to forward this year. Year, and he's only progressed in his development in that regard where he looked great with the puck. And of course, Garrett Mitchell, if you give him a chance with time and space, he's going to score. He's done it so many, you know, so many times over his career in the American Hockey League too. So to have that as an energy line, they're going to be relied upon a lot, especially with, you know, how do you slow down a team that builds a lot of momentum coming out of their defensive zone? through the neutral zone, and attack with speed and pace in the offensive end, you got to be physical. That's how the Ice Hogs had to do it against the Iowa Wild to get into the postseason, how they had to contain a high-flying Texas Stars team that had a lot of guys with speed. Same thing goes for the Chicago Wolves with Nason Podorowski and the like. If they want to gain momentum, they're going to have to try and run through a couple of brick walls, starting with that fourth line for the Ice Dogs.
0: You know, one of the, the, the biggest things that the Ice Dogs have uh, going for them as far as, you know, their, their depth and their talent And and players that are probably going to be you know heading towards the you know the NHL pretty soon is their blue line and when you look at you know the the you know it's it's kind of become the calling card of the Ice Hawks to give up a lot of shots but have you know your your goaltender stand stand on his head and and uh, come out with wins and. When you look at the blue line and, and the talent that they have, when you look at the shots that they allow, is that is that something that, you know, against a team with high powered offense like the Wolves have, is that something that you have to kind of consider and, and, and worry about that maybe Soderboom won't be able to bail out, you know, a, another 40, 50 shot night and it'll kind of come down to these young defensemen who, you know, get a lot of praise and, and have a have a lot of, you know, high expectations for their futures. Uh, for them to kind of step up and, and and work on suppressing some of the offense that's going to come from the Wolves and not have to have their goaltender, you know, bail them out.
4: Well, and, and to tell you what, too, and, and, and from the coaching staff, too, they don't mind if they give up that many shots. I guess it's the quality of shots that they give up. If you continue to fire wrist shots from the blue line and Arvid, Soderblom, or whoever's in goal for you that night, sees them all, you know, every way, because the defense did a good job of boxing everybody out to the outside, prevents rebounds, the like, they'll take that chance every time versus, you know, setting up a one time opportunity middle of the ice or a backdoor pass to the far post or something like that. So I think from from a coaching perspective, both Honor Sorensen and uh, Jared Nightingale, Peter Aubrey, have done a great job of, of communicating, you know, if that's all that we give them, that's all right. It's just a matter of those high danger chances for guys to create plays, whether it's, you know, moving behind the net, looking for centering opportunities, backdoor tap-ins, and being defensively sound. And talking of the blue line, too, if you look at the IceHog back line, those those first couple games against the Texas Stars and even towards the end of the regular season, all with the exception of – potentially Ryan Stanton were all guys that had spent time with the Chicago Blackhawks this year, whether it was Ian Mitchell paired up with Isaac Phillips, Alec Ragula out there with Wyatt Kalnick, You also mix in Jakob Galvis into the fold. And then Ryan Stanton goes in there as well. Not to mention they got a, you know, a a bolt in the chamber with Nicholas Bodine ready to go as well. And he's ready to, he's ready to jump in anytime that uh, he's called upon too. So, I mean, that back line is the future of the Chicago Blackhawks and how that thing, uh, how it had it shaped up in, in, uh, games one and two and to have the veteran presence of ryan stanton to help direct that traffic for so many of these young guys that again were playing in their first playoff hockey was was incredible but i think for them and their mindset going against the wolves if nason and potterowski want to keep you know firing shots from the outside of the circle and arvin can see them every single time then there'll be a lot of whistles and it might take a while to get to the game but you know if that's the best scoring that they get then then they'll uh, they'll gladly take that you know, right,
0: you George. mentioned, oh, ahead, I, just wanted, I just wanted to follow up. You, you mentioned Nicholas Bodin, you know, Ryan Stanton kind of taking his, his spot in the lineup. And, you know, we learned through, uh, through Scott Powers of, of The Athletic earlier this week that Bodin's not out because of injury, it's because of healthy scratch. What, what do you think is, is kind of going into that? Because this is a guy who was a first-round pick, a lot of, lot of potential, a lot of expectations. And now when it comes to crunch time, he's, he's, getting, he's getting scratched in the playoffs. Is, is that, is that a concern with, with Bodin or is that more of a strategic thing coming from Anders Sorensen?
4: I think it's more strategic to be honest with you. And the fact that, that there's just so many defensemen this year that the ice Hawks have at their disposal. And Bodin isn't, you know, he's just one of many that are available for the Rockford ice Sox. I mean, they also have Cliff Watson in the mix too. They've gotten a couple I can try I'm racking my brain here on some of the extras that they might've had, but that's just one of the luxuries that the ice have, have been it lucky to have this year with just so many guys with that much experience that are on that bubble, that next that next cusp, and, and even catching up with guys like Ian Mitchell, Alec Bergula, Wyatt Kalnick. They're all great friends off the ice too. So it's interesting to see that dynamic of guys all competing for each other, trying to get the primary ice time, trying to get major minutes, but at the same time being as tight-knit as a group as it is. And I think in, in that regard and, and seeing how the rotation has worked so far, it's it, I think it's just the benefit of, of having that much talent to pick from, and you can only pick six defensemen at a time to play the game. So uh, I think that's what it kind of turns into versus any anything else going on.
1: All right. In, in every regional rivalry, there is – there's two – when it's two teams that hate each other as much as the Wolves and Ice Hogs and the Sox and Cubs and the Packers and Bears and how, go on and on and on. One fan base pretends like the other one doesn't exist and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't care about them. They're over here. The other – is extremely aggressive and hate filled towards the other team. So I would say Sox fans fall into the we hate the Cubs category and they don't hide it, where Cubs fans don't like the Sox either, but they pretend like, ah, eh, we don't really care about them. We're more concerned about the Cardinals and everybody else. Which is the Ice Hawks? Which is the Wolves? Who's petty? Who's above it? How does the rivalry work? What's the dynamic of the rivalry when it comes to the uh, two organizations?
4: that's a great question i mean i think there's no real i wouldn't say there is there's a a fan base or anything like that that you know blatantly points at the other and says you know we're coming after you i if if there was a fan base that that takes this rivalry personally and and has emotionally invested in it i would like to say it's it's the state line in here in rockford just because of the ice dogs and the rockford community has such a such a firm grasp of their community too that it's it's a chance to put them on the map and their successes on the map and the Ice hogs are a representation of that. And when you're taking on the big old Meanies down the street in Rosemont, Illinois, you know those guys that are just a stone's throw away from all the prim and proper shops and all that other fun stuff that uh, you come you come out flying and the and the and the Rockford community comes out in, in big ways too. So much so that I mean, uh, Game Three, which will be Sunday here at Pimo Harris Bank Center that afternoon, even though it's gonna be a quick turnaround from Game Two the previous night i mean this place is going to be packed and buzzing and excited and i would not be surprised if most of them go down to game 1 and go down to game 2 as well i'd be curious to see if if it comes the other way if people if you know we see wolves uniforms coming down and i'm sure we will and there's no question we will but i think uh if there is a fan base that really buys into the us versus them mentality the hog fan base is, has been amazing and and it, it's from the top all the way down and i think for a lot of us in this organization that have been privileged to, to witness that 2018 run and, and what that meant to, you know, have that triple overtime game winner and game three to advance to the next round of the playoffs and how excited this fan base was to move on to then play Manitoba and then to the conference finals against Texas. I mean, I think everybody's tapping into that. I, I've been seeing photos and old videos and, and and things from yesteryear, even before my time with the organization. So the history runs deep and and the colors don't run. Here in Rockford, and uh, and I think that's uh, <laughs> and I think that's going to be the fun fan base to keep an eye on here throughout the series. Well, the
1: Wolves have always had a little bit of petty with the Blackhawks. Oh yeah, they'd always find a way to say, "Hey, come see some playoff hockey in Chicago
3: if you're into that." So interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's the dynamic is cool. There's some there's some petty shade between the two teams that I always get a <laughs> chuckle at. You know the the Wolves refuse they only still refer to the Metro center and all their press releases and stats. Yeah, exactly, and I exactly. always love when, when you're at the BMO and like, and here come the Chicago wolves from Rosemont. Like it's always, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's good it's fun true. stuff, but I, I'm, is, and
4: that's what fuels a rivalry. That's what yeah, fuels absolutely. The rivalry. No doubt. I'm sure, I'm sure the Milwaukee admirals like want to somehow get involved in the party too. They can print up against it. But you I mean, like if you notice too, like we, I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to be spilling the beans here too, but if you notice from our our side of things that we don't see none of our, you know, when we announce the schedule or anything like that, like the word Chicago is not in the fold. We'll say, you know, the Rosemont wolves are, you know, y'all state will, whatever you want to put it, but yeah, like they still say, refer to us as the Metro Center. So if you hear me on the broadcast drop a Rosemont Horizons reference every now and again, Got I'm sure know. that'll make its way, that'll us make its Graebers way. Are, us beers
3: will appreciate that.
4: <laughs> but that's what makes it fun too, right? And that's, I think that's, that's the underlying tone and that's, I think what builds a community and and, and I think that's what, you know, sports is meant to do, not to get philosophical on you, but it's to bring people together and have a lot of fun together. And when it's, you know, two teams that are not all that far apart, separated by a good few exits and a couple of, you know, eye-passed holes, it uh, it creates a lot of a lot of fun. And I think that's that's the biggest underlying thing. And, and to have this series come back around again. And it keep in mind, it's just the third time they've ever gotten together in the playoffs. So, you know, it doesn't happen all that often. It's not like it's an everyday thing that you get to take this rivalry to the next level like you do. So... Uh, I'm 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 personally looking forward to it. I love I love going down to Allstate and and broadcasting, you know, game winning goal calls and and key moments here. And then you better believe I love doing that here at the Bemo Harris Bank Center too. So uh yeah, for me personally, I mean it, it can be better. It's 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 my call to cup finals before the finals are even close to being on the schedule.
3: Well, I'm really looking forward to covering this series. I've spent the last four seasons covering both these franchises and you know, I'm thankful I'm attending these games as as a reporter and not a fan because I don't know if I could root for a team because there's so many good people in both of these organizations behind the scenes, behind the benches, just great people. Uh, you know, I was at the game last Friday night. Everybody was so welcoming to see me back at Wolves practice yesterday. Everybody was great. So it's it's a shame one of these teams can't. Advance, uh but it's going to be fun, and hopefully, I'm I am rooting for five games. I want a nice long five-game <laughs> series. I'm just selfish. All right, we put Billy on the spot. We're going to do the same for
1: you. Uh, how many games will the Ice Hawks win this series in, Joey?
4: Well, I, and I got to go with the Ice Hawks too. But I do think, uh I mean, I don't know. I I don't foresee a sweep, though. That would be great. The Ice Hawks were able to pull that off in 2018. Um, where they were the low seed in that series as well, and Chicago was the top seed. Uh, not to throw that nugget back out there, but I think I think four or five. I uh, man, that's tough. I would say, you know what? I say four. I say they split the two in Chicago and Rosemont, and then they they come back to the BMO Sunday and Tuesday and get the job done.
3: Heard it here first. Joey Z predicts the Ice Hogs in two. <laughs> yes, that's what I heard. <laughs> ice Hogs in two. They're not even going to show up yeah. Sunday.
1: <laughs> they will be scared to return, my friend. <laughs> All right, Joey. Thanks so much for your time, as always, man. Hopefully, we can do it again as the uh, Ice Hogs advance past the Wolves. That would be great. And uh, look, it's just it's great for hockey in Chicago for you know Hawks fans who are like, man, the playoffs are happening. We're not in it. Here's two local teams with players you know and love playing for both sides. So go support it. Go see some games. Go out to Rosemont, not Chicago. Go out to Rockford and catch some Wolves and Ice Hogs games. Joey, we appreciate your time, man. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Always great to catch up with you guys. Thank you
1: so much. All right, man. We appreciate you. you. That was a lot of fun.
3: Good
4: stuff.
1: These
3: hours just fly by. Yeah, they really do. Even in the heat, they fly by.
1: Even in the heat, we want to thank uh, Lawrence, the MVP, for opening the door over here and opening the window over here and creating a little cross breeze.
3: uh, Nice. It's very nice. I've been having an eye on there, make sure we didn't get a, a feathered friend join us. We would no way two guests <laughs> is our limit. Interesting. We cannot have any other guests. Yeah. Just, just
1: two. Just flying through the uh, set. That would be fun. Uh, you but go. your, you know, our heat is your gain. Greg and I break the internet today. Me with my legs, Greg with his toes. You're all welcome, okay? Yes,
3: we we're, we're covering all the genres yeah.
1: right here yeah, today. You're, you're all welcome. That's, that's what little, happens when there's no dress code. That's a little treat for the YouTube viewers. I, coming I,
3: up next, Matt Peck has both of you guys beat.
1: And yes. Matt yes. Peck has brought the gun show to and, town, and everybody. And
3: Matt, Peck, Matt Peck is practically nude, and he's ready to go. So uh, we're well, this is uh, enjoy the early <laughs> May heat.
1: All right, we're going to wrap things up. Before we do, want to remind everybody, subscribe to the YouTube page. Anytime you see a video that's airing, hit that like button. It helps. It helps amplify our signal a little bit, which, of course, is always helpful. No matter how big CHGO gets and we don't get big without your help, every like, every subscription helps. And that goes to the podcast feeds as well. Wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, whatever. We are there, so subscribe to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast, subscribe to all the CHGO sports podcasts here, and, of course, become a member at allchgo.com. You get access to our merch, our Discord channel, all of our great written content. Greg's in-depth Wolves-Icehog preview will be out tomorrow. That's the plan. So keep an eye out for that. And make sure you're following us on Twitter as well at chgo underscore blackhawks. All right, we're going to wrap this up, make room for the bull show coming up next. For Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you tomorrow remotely at one thirty p.m. Central Time on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Thanks to Joey for helping us out with the production today. we greatly appreciate it. Take care. Have a great day. Enjoy the weather. We'll talk to you on Thursday.